You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. When we as women begin to honor ourselves, to tap into our strength, transformation leading to a happier, healthier, and more productive life can begin to take hold. On today's show, we are talking about empowering women, and my guest is Louisa Valentine. Louisa is an empowerment wellness coach. She coaches professional women to find their strength to achieve their optimal state of mental, physical, and spiritual health by prioritizing themselves, creating real-life style changes that have long-lasting transformations, and changing the world's perception of who they are. Louisa is owner of Louisa Valentine LLC. She's a certified empowerment wellness coach, a BSN registered nurse, a co-founder of a nonprofit aimed at healing and spirituality, as well as a fitness enthusiast. This is a strong show today. Empowerment of women is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. We talk about how women tend to lose their sense of self, what empowerment really means, how does the empowerment journey begin, so many other poignant ideas and nuances about empowering women that come through in this show. Please stay tuned and we will be back in just a few minutes to speak with Louisa. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody, from our break. We um, we have recorded this show, so no opportunity for calling in. We would love for you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC on those locations. Louisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, there's, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing talking to women who empower other women, because as most women know, um, the relationships between women can, can be, um, they can be wonderful, but they can also, um, you know, take away from our, from our self-esteem. So when it's, it's wonderful that you have step, stepped into this space um, and, and, you know, really empowered is the word, but also 
maybe shown women another way to think about themselves, how they're living their life. But before we get into all of what you do, how did you get to this place? Well, the thing is, I always tell people I was my own first client. I was the person who needed somebody to help empower them and to get you get well get me into the place of being able to better myself and to work on myself without feeling guilt or shame that I was taking time away from all the other people in my life. Because being that I've been a registered nurse for pretty much my entire adult life, I've been so used to catering to others and, you know, with my family and my friends, all of that, you know, it doesn't just stop at the job. It just continues on where, yes, I would pour into others. And then when it was time for me to take care of myself and what I had going on, I always played the backseat person. I was never my biggest priority. And so my own health started to decline. I didn't like the way that I looked. I didn't like the way that I felt in my clothes, in my body, just just feeling very blah and always trying to kind of hide that and never letting anyone see it. And then something that would seem so superficial happened. I saw this picture of myself and it wasn't just that I did not like the way that I looked, but I could see it in my face that I was unhappy. And I realized I'm not convincing anyone if this is what they are seeing. If this is the image that they have of me, then everybody knows I'm unhappy. Everybody knows I don't feel good and that I'm now not who I maybe was in the past before I started letting myself go. And we get so caught up in thinking, oh, if you're not super obese or have everything going on at one time, then you're quote unquote okay. So nobody was coming to me and saying, oh, you're really letting yourself go or are you okay? Do you need help? So I had to find a way to be able to do that for myself. And the first thing that I had to do was start putting up boundaries so that I would be able to start pouring into myself the same way that I poured into other people. I started taking care of my health. I started eating better and moving. And I didn't do everything dramatically all at once. It was step by step where I was building not only physical muscles, but mental muscles that would allow me to keep going. And then a lot of the people, as particularly women, that maybe at first told me, oh, you don't need to do anything. Like, you look fine. You're, you're okay. Now they started asking me, what are you doing? Can I go to the gym with you? What are you eating? And it 
led to me just giving advice, taking people with me, sharing different information. And I was still working on myself. I'm still working on myself to this day. But it's it would be a shame to gatekeep the information that I've gained if there's people that need it. And as selfish as this may sound, I enjoy empowering other women. I enjoy lifting others up and sharing information. So that's where I was able to make the transition from just somebody giving advice to somebody who is living this very similar experience. And I have something to share with you. And that's what I do. Why have you targeted professional women? Because so often as professional women, we're thought that we need to have it all together. We have to do everything, be everything. And if we can't, then we fail. We have to do so much for everyone and keep up this facade. And that's not reality. We're not happy when we are doing that, when we have to hold up this mask of being superwoman all the time. Because in today's society, even if you are in a two-parent home, most, most often both parents have to work. And who's still the one taking care of the children, the family, the household? It's usually the wife, the mother, the girlfriend. And we think, okay, well, this has to take priority right now. So I'll just sit on the back burner again, as usual, taking care of everyone, keeping everything together and let myself fall off in a sense. Well, here's the question. And because I, I see it all the time around women that I know, obviously you're seeing it, obviously it's out there for sure. Yeah. But when it comes to this need, desire, um, imposition, like I'm trying to cover all three spaces for mm -hmm. having to um, put yourself at the back of the pack, do you think that we are dealing with societal norms or self-imposed norms? Or is it really the nature of a woman to nurture? And so, and if that is the case, then, you know, you've got conflicting ideas here. Oh, definitely. Society has been pushing this for forever when when have we not thought okay the woman is the caretaker of the home and even as young girls you're taught to do certain things even the toys we're given we're given the the easy bake oven and the toy kitchen and the toy vacuums while the little boys are getting the cars and the G.I. Joes, not the baby dolls and things like that. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, with these types of toys and gifts. But if it's put on just one gender, 
you're pretty much leading up to, okay, this is what you're growing into to be in your future. And, and that is a part of the problem if that's the only thing that we are thinking about is, okay, how are we going to build this woman or this little girl up to be a productive woman in society? We're not going with, okay, let's see what your career can be. Obviously, there are families that do that, but in society standards, that's not the direction that little girls are pointed towards. And even myself, I remember being a kid and I tended to be on the quieter side. I was very observant and that was always seen as a good trait. So I was a good kid because I was quiet and not loud and boisterous. And then you'd see the boys doing something similar and it's like why are you so quiet why are you being like a little girl with certain things or if a girl is loud and boisterous and climbing on trees stop acting like a little boy so things like that i believe put us in the predicaments that we get into the future so when you're working with women um are you are you trying to change this idea? Like, do you not find that women are sort of natural nurturers? I mean, it's not that men aren't. It's just, yeah. you know, when you're you're looking at, at couples raising a family, um, there's always a, a deference. Not always. There are a lot. <laughs> the majority of, the, of people and couples I see, there's a deference to the mom to organize to set the standard of what maybe is eaten in the house. Now, do you think that that can just be changed by outlook or is there not something that's just innate in women to want to protect children, to want to protect their family? And then by necessity, we are put at the back of the pack. I mean, there is that aspect of nurture. And I do believe we do have that innate ability and need and want for it. But it doesn't mean that we cannot also add ourselves at least to the list of who is getting nurtured, who is being taken care of. Mm-hmm. But when we're so busy that we have to do everything for everyone we run out of time Mm -hmm. we run out of energy and if we can just take that step back and allow ourselves to say okay is this a priority right now or can I prioritize myself because it's almost like everything is priority number one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when that's the case when do you have time? You you just, it's impossible to get everything done. And even if you try to include yourself, by then you're so tired that it's a lackluster attempt. Mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting because when you step back and you really think about it, is it, you know, I, I, I wonder about the, the innate versus the societal norms a lot, you know, um, 
And then it becomes the women's job, uh, you know, another job to add on to the list to say, no, this is your responsibility. We're going to divide things up and you can do the laundry as well as I can do the laundry. And that in and of itself become, becomes a chore and another um, issue that needs to be addressed. So it really is a minutia of different things that really causes women to feel that either they they don't have time or they don't deserve the time and space that they give to others. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And what I would say to that is, again, it's about learning our own boundaries and when to put them up. So uh, I was just having this discussion yesterday with my partner where I myself, as a woman, I do not like doing dishes. It is the bane of my existence. (laughs) Seriously, I just Oh, I, I don't like it. And for him, he's not great at separating the garbage and making sure that the recycling versus the regular trash is done properly. So I could nag him about it, about him getting it right, doing it the way I want him to do it. Or I could take on that responsibility myself and since I don't like doing the dishes, that is something for him to do. And I'm not going to nag him about how he does the dishes or when he does the dishes. I will sooner, if I was going to make something in a certain pot and that pot is not clean, I'm going to use a pan. I'm going to use something else. So it's where I don't take on that responsibility because it's not done when and how I want it. And I do believe a lot of women will take on that added responsibility when it doesn't get done. And then again, you're back to being overwhelmed and back to taking on all the chores on yourself to take care of the household. Now, in your experience, and I'm sure that there's a niche, would you say 30 to 50 in a broad space? That's the age you're dealing with? Yeah, pretty much. Do you see the tide changing? Like the next generation of of women, are they going to necessarily be more forthright with their wishes, desires, and intentions? I think as of right now, there's this whole soft girl ever coming about. And so in certain ways, it's really hard for me to say because in some respects, it's like, okay, they want that old traditional Mm -hmm. way of being in a relationship, which can go back to the ways that, you know, were in the fifties where the woman was at home cooking, cleaning, and taking care of the house. Where the rules are more defined. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But then we also have this other side of this powerful force of women who are, taking control of their lives and they're not doing things. They want to do the exact opposite of what maybe their moms or grandmas had done in the past. Mm -hmm. And they want to live this whole different experience. And 
I don't think either one is wrong. I think it's very individualized for what sits well with you. As long as you're not just basing it off of society views and what other people say you should be doing. So I know I didn't exactly answer your question, but it's there's such an array of women being brought up that it's so difficult for me to pinpoint where I think the majority will land. Mm-hmm. No, and I've seen, I've seen uh, on social media, I've seen, uh, you know, younger, younger women posting back to the traditional lifestyle where um, they find it easier. There's never going to be a hundred percent fix, yeah. but I think what you offer is um, a way for women who want to go down a, a path that's not their traditional, traditional path to experience a fulfillment that maybe they aren't experiencing at the present moment. Louisa, we're going to take a quick break here now. When we come back, what I'd like to talk about with you is the process, um, what your process is and um, what a client of yours experiences. So everybody, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back to the Health Hub. We are talking with Louisa Valentina. We are going to get into the process of trying to empower women. Louisa, what is the first, someone walks in your door, what is the first thing they are going to encounter when they are working with you? We're going to have a discussion where we do a little deep dive into what it is that they want to accomplish. We are going to go through and figure out their why. And usually it starts very superficially with, oh, I want to look good in a bathing suit or something, or I just want to get this weight off. But then when we really dig a little deeper, we get to the real root of the cause. And for some people, that's simply like how I didn't feel good in my body, not because of the way it looked, but literally the way it felt, how the extra weight didn't feel good on my joints and just wanting to be able to be there and live this human experience to to its best potential instead of living in this frustrated, tired state of being when you maybe I should have talked about this uh, at the very beginning when you as a professional define the word empowerment what should we take from your meaning of empowerment so for me empowerment is building up and regaining that confidence that power that we have within us and whether that's empowering ourselves or helping to empower others but giving people their power and 
the voice to speak it and to feel it and to live it because so often we get stuck in just existing that we're not really living. We're not having that experience. It's just such a, okay, I wake up, I get ready, I go to work, I come home, take care of the kids, get the kids ready for bed or dinner or whatever it is. And it's just almost like a factory where Mm -hmm. you're just moving along and you're not living, you're not having that experience. And when you are empowered, there's, there's like this light that's brought out in, in you. And it really helps you to enjoy. And like you were saying before with the fulfillment, we feel more fulfilled when we are empowered. We're not as afraid to speak our minds or to be who we are. What do you think the greatest block for women to get to this empowerment um, place? What do you think the greatest block is for us to achieve the empowerment that you want for us? Not thinking that we really deserve it. Thinking that everything we do is what makes us worthy versus who we are that makes us worthy. The the fact of being, being alive, being in these bodies, having values that you stand up for, that you, you feel within, all of that versus, okay, how many people did I help today? Okay, I, I helped enough on this list. So today I'm worthy or tomorrow... Oh, I I don't know if I can really help anybody. So I'm not really worthy to feel good. I should feel bad. I should work harder to make sure my family has the healthiest, best meal in the world. And if I don't, I failed. Therefore, I feel bad. So we're redefining what we feel we need to redefine what we feel is success. Oh, definitely. So this is a process. It's a, it could be a long process. Oh yeah. Yeah. There and and some people find their way fairly fairly simply where it's just they need a couple of those aha moments and other people just need to be walked through a little further and figure it out a little bit more slowly. And that's okay too. Do you think a lot of times it's a deep dive into helping women define what their goals are? Because goals can't be the same for everybody. And, you know, as I'm thinking about women who might want to become more empowered, are some of them coming from a place of resentment? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, They resent their bodies, they resent themselves, they resent their partners, and many won't want to admit it, but there's women that resent their children and their families because, oh, I mean, how often do we hear, oh, I had this baby and now look at my body or look what you did to me. 
I was X, Y, and Z before I had you. And even if they say it playing around and joking, there's, I believe there's some truth to every joke. Fair enough. So then where do you start? I walk into your office. I say, I, I need change. And that's all I give you. How do you start the process off? So we're going in. I have this form that I'll usually give to the to the clients. Well, everything is through Zoom these days. I know nobody walks in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's asking some questions. And I ask the background questions about how they feel. And we do these exercises. We have an A-B exercise. So I'll go into here. Where A, the A side is everything that you feel you are right now. And the B side is everything that you want to be. Your dream list, dream life. And then we work on that line in between of how do we get from point A to point B. And then those steps are initiated how? I guess you you look at, at um, what your client has told you. Do you start off with the physical or do you dive right into, you know, the emotional, the spiritual, even the therapeutic um, areas of your expertise? So the physical usually is what people will say first. But yeah, we definitely work on mindset. We definitely go into that aspect. One of the earliest things once we do start working together, because if you can't get past the mindset of I don't deserve this or I hate my body or I am just so tired and I can't do this, then you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to make the changes because the mind is really our most powerful tool that we have. And when we can't utilize it to help us get to those goals, then we're we're just not going, it's not going to happen. And hardly anyone ever comes in and says, I want to work with you because I want to change my mindset, the way that I think about my body. But if you don't change how you think about your body, your body is not going to change. You are just not going to have that success. So yes, everybody comes in with the physical in mind, but that is definitely not where to start. And then even the spiritual aspect of figuring out once again, who you are, what you're connected to, because everybody is not going to have those same thoughts, those same feelings, those same connections. And when you can discover your own personal being, it also helps to give you, again, that power to know that you are capable of that change. When you realize you're more than just the this physical body, but you're being and even connecting to the earth and 
putting your feet on the ground and, and recharging with the soil. And I know for some, this will be a little woo-woo for them. But if we think about it, even animals, how in tune are animals with what's going on with with the environment around them, with nature? It's, they know things before any of us humans can even fathom and they're always touching the ground they're always a part of it and they allow themselves innately because i i don't know how consciously it can be for say a dog but they allow themselves to feel that connection and trust it and we don't have that so much anymore as a as a whole mm-hmm. so we don't trust those things. We don't trust our intuition. We don't know which way to go because we don't we don't allow it. We're too afraid or too busy depending on what society or somebody else tells us we are supposed to be. I, I imagine for some of your clients, this must be quite an emotional journey because Empowerment can be a whole redefining of purpose. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've oh, had many tears during during quite a few sessions, mm-hmm. but it's usually tears of happiness because something clicks in their mind, that breakthrough happens, and it's like, Wow. And I just had a workshop um, last week, last week, Sunday, and just being able to confront their own fears and their own what they saw as um, flaws in themselves being able to find the beauty in that was like, wow. And realizing that you can want to change or improve your health and your body and your mental state while still being able to have gratitude for those same things. It, it really hits some people where it's it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, questions that you ask and ideas that you're putting forth may really provoke people to examine their own lives. And with that, I imagine certain questions and decisions that could be very difficult to make are now right in front of their face as they're going through this journey. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's it's beautiful to watch when that happens because I I love having people write things down. I'm a journal girl. I'm a workbook girl and It's because we often have all these thoughts going on in our minds that we don't 
even have the time and the space to make sense of them. But by putting them down on paper and seeing them, it's like you have to confront it now. It's right there. And it came from your own mind. So what can anybody else do or say for you? But you have to take the time to address this because it was important enough for you to put it there on the paper and Mm -hmm. just just seeing it is like wow and the the journey i i will imagine is is a journey of a lifetime because as we go through different aspects of aging societal norms are also still in place and so for women, it's going to be a continual reevaluating of, of where they are and what their beliefs are, I'm assuming, or is it a fix done now that will be a domino effect and take care of things as we age? Oh, no, it, it definitely changes at, because as we age, our methods have to change. Mm-hmm. We cannot just do the same things because our bodies don't tend to work that way. We have hormone changes. We have, uh, I believe after the age of 30, our muscle mass, you know, starts decreasing. So we have to change certain things that we're doing in order to still have the results that keep us happiest. And that doesn't always mean physically, okay, I absolutely adore the way that I look in my body right now. And if I don't look that way in five years, that's it. I'm no longer happy, but it's about being able to grow and progress and age gracefully, but keep that quality of life up. We want to move not again, just for that physical, but because it feels good. It feels good to be able to bend, stretch, run, even walk. And that whole saying, you don't use it, you lose it, is really true. I think the foundations that you're setting for um, for women at a younger age are essential. They are essential for aging, as you have outlined. And I think the topic of empowering women is ever evolving. Um, and I and, and I, I commend you for dealing with this topic because it's not an easy one. And it's so different for so, you know, if everyone has their own idea of what should be, what can be. And so um, walking with women through the process is a beautiful thing. And if people if people would like to find out more about you and what you do, um, you said you're on Zoom, so I'm assuming you'll you would take clients from outside of the United States. Um, how do they get in contact with you to find out more about you? Oh yeah, and I you're absolutely correct. I crazily enough have a client who is in New Zealand, so that's like all the way across the <laughs> world. We we have some fun. Um, figuring out our schedules. But Mm -hmm. yeah, you can find me on my social medias at Coaching with Louisa. Uh, You can go to my website, louisavalentine.coach. I'm 
pretty easy to find if you type in either coaching with Louisa or Louisa Valentine. Alrighty. And that will, everybody that will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to access them, excuse me, access them. Louisa, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you again, Kathy. I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on the Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.